Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the 119th edition of the Final Score podcast. Uh, beautiful day here in West Michigan. I think it said 70 on my car earlier. That's pretty awesome. It's supposed to be great this week. So, you golf people. Get outside and enjoy that. Um, but people just, that don't golf, get out and soak in the sun because it's supposed to get cold starting Sunday again, back in the 50s, back to reality. Um, busy uh, weekend it was, holiday weekend. It'll be a good one. Um, Easter, the Masters, it was a fun one. Um, we'll get to that in the golf segment um, of the pod here. Um, a little bit later. Um, now there's really nothing except for the three golf majors this summer, and then the re- I mean, just the normal tournaments, I guess. Then stupid baseball, NBA playoffs start tomorrow. Um, Boring. Yeah, spring football is almost done. There's Boring. not much transfer portal for basketball. I guess it's semi entertaining. Um, but yeah, go to the podium as always. I'll start. Um, heard this idea thrown around last week. Uh, I think it was Hugh Freeze that came up with it, and they are talking about it on uh, Sirius XM 84, and it was the idea of doing a, instead of a, a spring game, inter-squad scrimmage practice, whatever, um, it was a spring uh, open scrimmage against another team. So it would have been like Auburn and UAB playing each other, Auburn and South Alabama or something like that. I think that's a cool idea, or like you know, say, like Michigan State plays Michigan Tech or something like that, like a Division Two team, or Michigan State plays. I mean, I guess is there are there any FCS schools in Indiana they could play, or like an Illinois State, something like that, smaller team where you can get good experience going against other guys other than yourself. Um, get simulate a game. Um, you don't have to keep score in like a legit way if you want, but it's just good to get, you know, experiencing other guys other than the ones you're going against for 17 practices anyways. I, I like the idea. I think it'd be cool. I've, I've, I've heard the idea thrown around in the last couple of years of them doing like FCS football in the spring in general. Um, just having that be their season. I don't know about that, but I think that's a great idea to do the spring scrimmage against, a, you know, have a big team of Michigan or Michigan State go against a smaller school. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, and a great experience for all. It's kind of like exhibition games in, in uh, college basketball, Michigan State playing against, you know, a, a Grand Valley or an Albion, um, something like that. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool. All right. Well, I was struggling to find a podium, and now I'm going to do the antithesis to that poem, or that poem, that. I'm thinking about Rachel's poetry, guys, to that podium. Um, I was going to ask this question in the mailbag. This is a question that I sent to myself. Is spring football even worth it? And so this is my argument. I sit here on this podcast and have for two plus years and talked about how seasons are too long. Baseball season is incredibly too long. 
NHL and NBA getting over towards July, way too freaking long. They should they should be done with their seasons about now, not starting the playoffs right now. NFL extended their season, but I think, you know, it still stays within a pretty reasonable window. They shrunk down preseason to kind of accommodate. I think that was a fair trade-off. 17 regular season games, three preseason games was better than four and 16. So they didn't really extend their season. Uh, so college football and or college football and pro football that way have it right. I get it. Pro football has OTAs and they've got, you know, camps and all that kind of stuff. A spring football to me in college football is worthless. I get it. Our listeners in the South would be like, yeah, but you don't understand. We packed the stadium 100,000 people. For what? Get a life. Like, I love college football too, but part of the beauty of college football is that it happens from basically August 1st until January 15th. It doesn't need to happen from February 15th to April 15th too. Don't move FCS. We have USFL or XFL or any of that other garbage NFL offshoot if you really are that hard up for football do yourself a favor go outside go for a walk don't take up golf because there's too many people that play golf right now go play pickleball go walk your dog go do something like we don't need it I get it I have no problems with teams getting 15 days of organized practice in the spring I don't need reports on it I don't need to hear about you know fake competitions between quarterbacks Ryan said to me today Oh, you know, Tucker says Michigan State's quarterback thing's wide open. Not until I see it in September will I believe it. Like, none of this stuff matters to me. And I get it. It's stuff to talk about and whatever. But, like, let's find something else. Seasons should be played in the seasons that they should be played in. They shouldn't be extended just because it makes for potential TV and ad revenue. It's boring. It's worthless. And I think it's more of a chance of people getting hurt. That's why more teams go away from spring games. I don't. I you know, think that the, the your idea, Ryan, wouldn't be bad for August rather than an inter-squad scrimmage, but there's no way a D3 team would scrimmage a D1 team. They'd be destroyed. Um, but I, I think that kind of an exhibition game I'd be okay with. But please, stick with football when it's supposed to be. Don't televise spring games. You're just getting people's hopes up about a bunch of guys that are going to red shirt or gray shirt or black shirt or whatever shirt you want or you're not going to see for two or three years or in, in today's climate are going to end up transferring anyway. So, um Thank you, Ryan, because I was racking my brain on what to talk about, and and you gave me a good thing to talk about. I just I am not a fan of spring football. Um, I'm not a fan of two recruiting seasons. Like keep it in the window that it's supposed to be in. Give these coaches a life. They're humans too. Yeah, they get paid a lot of money, but pay them a little bit less and give them a little bit more life. I would say um, you're burning these guys out. The expectations are too high. Guys get hurt. Guys leave. They pout because you know they were third string in spring ball or whatever. I, I'm I'm just I'm ready. I'd rather just have the kind of this silly season. Um, you know, let baseball fans be baseball fans. Let golf fans like us be golf fans. I don't need to be looking over my shoulder at everything else. I'll find something else to do. All right, that's my take on that. All right, as far as tee up, um, I was definitely going to bring this up in the golf section, but we got to tee up. Patrick Cantlay. If you're mm-hmm. a golf fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not a golf fan, let me fill you in. Ryan and I have talked about a lot of the podcast. It should take a person, you know, like he and I, very average amateurs, three hours and 45 minutes. It's about what it took us to play as four guys on Saturday at a Muni. Not jam-packed, but, you know, a good steady round of golf. Three hours, 45 minutes. I'll give you four hours and 15 minutes as a professional golfer. The Masters final rounds were over five hours long. Brooks Kepka noted that, quote, John Rahm, Thought or said play was so slow that he said John Rom took a piss seven times, seven times 
And I mean, you're drinking a lot of water, but it's not exactly like it was desert hot in Augusta on Sunday. That's ridiculous. Patrick Cantlay, you're a freaking human rain delay with your oversized shoes trying to show that you got your big somewhere else and it's not because you got these clompers on and your over pasty white sunscreen. You look like a gump. You act, I mean, you're like constantly ship. You're worse than Sergio's waggles. And while we're at it, Xander Schauffele, 27 regrips that he does every time. Paul Azing recounted 27. Like, this is the nonsense that regular golfers or starting golfers watch and they think is normal. And these are the people that Ryan and I want to hit drives into on the golf course on Saturdays. Like, enough already. Put these guys on the clock and put some real teeth behind the consequences because it should not take five hours, even in a championship round in one of the four major championships. No way it should take that long. So tee up Patrick Cantlay and all the slow players, pro and amateur, around the world. Yeah, that's ridiculous. There's no place for that. Um, yeah, let's get into the the real shebang here. Um, start off with some mailbag questions. Yeah, okay, so I got one for you, Ryan. Given the big news for Ohio State with Minnesota's best player, Jameson Battle, transferring to Ohio State, which bolsters a young roster there with yeah. a nice veteran player, what's your take on immediate interconference transfers? Not a huge fan of the interconference transfer um, but, I mean, it's not going to change now. Um, but, I mean, you, people did it. It was very frontal. You could you used to not be able to do it, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you had to release them. I, I remember Jared Utoff transferred from Wisconsin to Iowa. And at first, Wisconsin had to release him from his scholarship, yeah, they, and they, 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 they weren't going to. to. And then he had to sit for a full season. If you want to do that, I think that's how it's got to be because right. these are your rivals. Like, I get it. At 18, you might make a bad choice. Ryan, like, when you were 18, you might have gone, oh, man, I probably should have gone to XYZ school. I get it. But at the same time, like, I was debating with my buddies today, like, where is the stick that it takes to have success in life? Like, you can't just quit a job every year and think that you're going to climb the ladder. That's not how it works. So um, I especially think it should be difficult in your conference. Yeah, it should 100% make that more sure. difficult. Um, and, and I still think the only way you should get a free transfer is if a coach well, leaves. Well, this is this guy's second transfer, too. It's not like it's his first. Yeah, and that makes it even worse. Okay, speaking of transfers, um, what's your feeling on the no consequences of the instant transfer? And here's what I'm going to say. So by all accounts, Hunter Dickhudson was, you know, a pretty happy, you know, guy that everybody hated at Michigan. But he threw some freaking flaming dog shit bags at Juwan Howard, rightfully so probably, on the way out. There's no consequence because he's just going to go and somebody's going to say, hey, here's a 7-1 big man that can kind of give us an edge and he can rebound and he can score 18 points a game and we could, you know, he could be the final piece for us. What are your feelings about no consequences for guys just flaming things on the way out? Or Caleb, is it Caleb Love? Is that his name? That just transferred from North Carolina. Basically, the Chris Allen, a.k.a. Corey Lucius, sleeping with a player's girl, uh, gets asked to leave, gets told to leave North Carolina and ends up at, at Michigan. Like, what? There's no accountability. No, there isn't. I mean, the NCAA did all this to themselves. They made their own bed, dug their own grave. I mean, allowing these, you know, the, the COVID excuse, all the... The free transfer six I mean, years. J- Joey Hauser, he transferred from Michigan State or from Marquette to Michigan State, sat out a year. Yeah. They wouldn't accept his waiver, and Izzo was kind of pissed about it because they accepted other guys' waivers that were BS. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. It's 
It's the NCAA's fault. Um, it's there's no going back. You got a now. new I new mean, leader at the NCAA. It's time to put the two. The he's a back former the guy that was in politics. So I'm guessing oh, it will yeah, probably be great. worse. Yeah, probably will be. But um, I'm trying to think what I was going to say. It's I, I mean I understand like the one time you say you know you go to UCLA and you know their coach leaves. Um, and he and you're like, oh, like I wanted to play for this guy. You wait to see who the next coach is. It's a guy that you're not necessarily a fan of, doesn't fit your play style, whatever. That's fine. I I can live with that. But these guys that team hop, I mean, I'm trying to think of a, a I mean, well, there's that one dude that played at like he played at New Mexico State in Nebraska. He right. was on like four teams. Right. Allen, right? Timmy, uh, he played for a bunch of different teams. It's just it's ridiculous. The guy that played for. He was at Miami last year, Charlie Moore. I think he started at Kansas, and then he went to Cal, and then he went to somewhere else, and then Miami. It's like you're just free agency. You're signing a one-year contract, and you're leaving. And here's the thing. This is how it can be fixed. You make it black and white. If your coach leaves after the new coach is hired and you don't like him, you have a transfer window. Um, And that's it. Everything else, you can transfer if you want, but you're going to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to transfer multiple times, guess what? Your eligibility is going to be exhausted because you're going to waste your, your years transferring. So you could basically go back to the old rules where you can use your redshirt year to transfer. So you have five years to play four years, basically. If you want to transfer, you sit out a year. You get to, that, This is the only way that we're going to get the NCAA back to where it was in terms of not being the wild, wild west. Was it exciting for the tournament this year for a team like FAU? Sure it was. Um, but I, I miss the days of guys that stayed three and four years. And if you were a legit, like a Jason Richardson or a Zach Randolph or you know Miles Bridges or Jaren Jackson, and you left after a year or two, okay, that's fine. Go for it. And those guys were lottery picks. I, I get that. But like the transfer, and half these guys end up not – landing somewhere anyway yeah the transfer portal is detrimental to everybody well, high school recruits yeah i mean i've made it a point um i go on the every day at work at during lunch i go in the transfer portal and i look at who's been added to it and i've written down the guys that are in it and i add the school that i have this their position their year and where they're transferring from and where they end up and there's i mean i have like four front and back sheets of Lying paper and not even half of them are full yet, and it's almost the middle of April. Yeah, it's it's insane. And <laughs> like, I don't want to hear that. Oh, we can't. Ch-. Yes, you can. NCAA, you can change it, and you need to change it. Just like you need to control NIL, NIL which is basically illegal recruiting made legal. Like until you fix those things, and you stand up and you just take the lumps from the media, who's going to give you the lumps, and you take the lumps from the guys, and like make this right, you're turning out garbage. Not all of them, obviously, but a lot of garbage citizens to come into the workforce. Guys that don't know how to work hard. They don't know how to sit behind somebody. I'm not going to go hire somebody who, you know, worked one job for six months and thinks that they should be a manager or supervisor on my team. That's not how it works. You earn your way up in a company. You earn your way up on a team. If you happen to be a McDonald's All-American that really legit is legit and you're good enough to beat out a starter because you beat them out on your own, fine. But this whole notion that we owe it to people to be able to go where they want and whatever, this needs to stop. And the NCAA, 
you have so much freaking power you don't even understand. But you're you're so concerned with this, that, the other. Like, you're making plenty of bucks, okay? Go make some real rules. Make some black and white rules. None of this area for gray and there's interpretation. No interpretation. I, I get it, you know. Johnny's mom got sick and, you know, he wants to move home to take care of her. I get it. Great. He can. But guess what? He has to sit out a year, which would probably be good because then Johnny can take care of his mom and he's not as quite as ingrained in basketball because he's not playing that season. He's practicing and stuff, but he's going to class. Like, you're degrading the value of a degree by letting these guys just go wherever they want. I mean, half of the transfers don't even, or credits don't even transfer that well from place to place. So I just, I, I find it laughable that there's always reasons why they shouldn't do it. No, there's reasons you can and why you should and why you better. Well, because basketball, NCAA as, as amateurism is already pretty much half out the door, probably three quarters out the door. So fix it. Fix it. It's a simple solution. You have pro leagues for pros. You're amateurs for amateurs. And oh, by the way, like 3% of high school basketball players play any level of college basketball. 1% of that 3% play any level of professional basketball. So stop kowtowing and fill in the brains of these 99% that are never going to do anything except for work a white collar job in an office. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like a guy like Ryan, who who played four years of college basketball and had a good experience and got a good college degree, and he has a good job and he's a functioning member of society. That's what we need. NCAA, get your freaking priorities straight. I'm, I'm tired of this inconsequential, oh yeah, you just go, you go, you go, you go, you go. You take whatever you want. What are you teaching people? What are you teaching people? Because everybody looks at you. Just like I teed up Cantley, everybody that watches golf looks at the pros and go, oh, I got to be like that. I need to regrip 27 times. I need to shuffle around in my oversized shoes 15 for 15 to 20 seconds on every single putt and every single shot. And I need to walk 100 yards up the fairway to look at it because I don't trust my cat. Like, no, no, enough of that. Enough. Stop demonstrating the garbage that is out there and be a good example. Yeah, it's gotten bad. All right, a um, couple more things for mailbag. Great news today for Michigan State. Tyson Walker officially walk, coming back. Um, Run it back. Does it, the question is from my friend group, does that mean somebody else leaves? No. Well, we know okay. Pierre Brooks is signed with Butler. Um, I mean, I, I think it, it creates a log jam, but I don't think anyone's going to leave because, you know, injuries happen. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys play better than others. And know? here's the thing. It's like, I think, I said to my friends, I don't think anybody leaves because they threw out, like, does a Holloman leave or whatever because you got Fierce coming in. He He's will. a really good, you know, point guard. You got AJ. But here's the thing. Probably after next year, AJ, Tyson, Aikens, likely all gone. So all of a sudden that means Holloman, who then is a junior if he doesn't redshirt next year, or Fears, who's a sophomore, they're there and it's their team. Like that's the value of sitting and waiting. And I said to my friends, the reason I don't think anybody leaves is because I think if there's a coach left in America that has a pulse on his players and can convince them there is a benefit to staying, I think it's Izzo. I yeah. think he can bring in Morris Peterson to talk about it. You know, transferring was harder back in those days, but he's got ample stories of guys that he can tell. Of this, this is this is how it works. If you come here and if you work, number one, you'll get a chance. Number two, like Ryan said, injuries, and number three, the value of you learning and practicing against, as Polo said, three NBA caliber guards every day. You don't think that's going to make you better? 
That's why I think Michigan State's roster stays intact. Yes, Holloman, you may go, oh, well, he may go. Yeah, you know what? He might be a low man on the totem pole. Guess what? He may say, you know what? Fine, I'll redshirt next year. David Thomas did that. He redshirted in the middle of his career. I think Aaron Arms did that too. Yep. Um, Name it. You know, David Thomas had to do it because of, you know, Michigan State had some injuries and we needed to press him in, but he was a super skinny guy. They redshirted him, I think it was in the middle of his career, and then he had a great end of his career. Like, I could see that with a guy like maybe even Holloman. I could see that with a guy like Cooper. I don't necessarily think Kohler. I think Kohler's game is kind of there if he gets more athletic. But, like, if all of a sudden Michigan State felt like it had too many guys, Cooper was going to redshirt this year anyway. You know, so I here's the thing. I think that Izzo knows still how to stir. He's the straw that stirs the drink, and he still knows how to mix and match and do things right. Do you risk guys leaving in this day and age? Of course you do. But I think any other of those guys who, who was a close-knit team by all accounts this year, and they look and they look at that team and say, we just got our leading scorer back. We got a go-to guy back. We got A.J. who keeps getting better if he can learn how to make a freaking layup. We got a great the number three recruiting class coming in. We got other guys that got really polished this year um, as veterans. You know, Very good chance that Hall comes back. Michigan State goes from... Probably a Big Ten contender regardless of Walker and and or Hall came back to. Now they're probably a national title contender for sure. Third best odds per fan duel to win the national mm-hmm. title. I mean, that's obviously a long, long way away, but that's So what do you think promising. for rotation-wise for next year? If nobody leaves, do you think any of those guys redshirt? What do you think? How do you think they kind of no, measured out? I, or do you think guys will be okay settling into their roles? I think that, I mean, my biggest thing is, I mean, you look at it, guards, I mean, Mission State trot out the three-headed monster of Jade Nakins, Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogarth. That's the best backcourt in America. I mean, there's no three doubt Three guys that it. can score. Three, three guys, guys that, can that can defend, guys that score. can score, dish the rock. They play together. They play hard. That's And they're veterans. They're not freshmen. Right. They've done, they've been around the block. That's the best backcourt in America with a back backups of Trey Holloman, who showed flashes at times last year, can be a really good defender. Doesn't need to score. He can be in the tum-tum-ish um, kind of um, role next year. Play, come off the bench, play some good defense, maybe get a few layups, knock down an open jump shot or two. Run the team. Great. Jeremy Fears. This guy's not going to be able to stay off the court. He's a winner. This They compare him to Mateen Cleaves, the way that he plays, the way he he's a leader. He's would, going to push the other guys. He's to get put, exactly, Garrett Norman, the good shooter. Don't know if he'll play a ton, but you know, a shooter off the bench is always great. Um, and that's five really good guards right there. Um, the missions he has in the front court. You got Malik Hall if he comes back. Probably start at the four. Xavier Booker, a borderline top ten player. In some cases, top three player in his class. Six ten unicorn can score the ball. Pretty athletic. Doesn't have a great motor on defense yet, but I think Izzo can get it out of him. I think he can be a great shot blocker for Michigan State. Put a little meat on those bones. He can be a pick-and-pop threat, matchup nightmare, um, and just patrolling the paint, rim protection, what we lacked last year, we will not lack this year. Then you have a Cohen Carr that can play small ball four, play a little three. Um, probably the most athletic Michigan State player since Jason Richardson. He's more athletic than Miles Bridges. I'm Even more than right Dawson? Now. Dawson was pretty freakish. I mean, this guy can, he's got like a 45 inch vertical leap. He's got long arms. He's got hang time. He's a great shot blocker. He's a decent 
catch-and-shoot guy. He's not great at shooting yet, but if he improves it, he's going to be lethal. Um, and you got Jackson Kohler, Carson Cooper, guys that are just going to get better. Mahdi. Um And then Mahdi probably will start at center. He's going to get better. I mean, if he was like he is now, fine. I mean, you play 15 minutes a game. You can play small. Um, I mean, that's a pretty scary team right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, preseason top five at the worst. Uh, probably top three. Um Gonna be, it's going to be crazy. And then with Tom Izzo coaching those guys up, um, stay injury-free. I mean, that that's a team that could and could be really, really good. And if anything, really fun to watch because they're going to have shooting. They're going to have athleticism, defense, shot blocking. They have a fl- high-flying athlete that will catch lobs. Um, young, talented freshmen, nice post players. I mean, it's a... It's a mix right there. I mean, probably the one, probably Izzo's top three most talented teams he probably would have, to be honest with you. Yeah, top to bottom, I would I would agree with that because they developed some guys nicely this year too. Some that were pleasant. Kohler was supposed to be decent and he was decent, um, but Cooper came out of nowhere. He yeah, was, he was, he was great. Supposed to be a PW, he was supposed to be a PWO that you know then was going to work into a scholarship, and they thought for sure he's going to be a redshirt project, and he actually did some minutes, including in the tournament. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. All right, that's all that I had for any mailbag. Ryan, did you happen to get anything or any questions that popped into your mind to chat about? No, I have nothing. All right, we're not doing downs. We're not doing around the world because we're in our silly season, so we're just kind of bouncing around. Hopefully, like a mailbag. Uh, probably a bracket or a Mount Rushmore, Canadian Mount Rushmore, and golf will be kind of our our trio. I guess it's a par three for the summer. We'll call it that. Yeah. I like All right. That. So today, in for the second shot on the par three, uh, the bracket. We haven't done a bracket in a while. The topic is best sporting event. So in the first bracket, you've got like the four golf majors. Number one seed Masters against the PGA. Masters. PGA is fun. I like the PGA though because I like the the different courses that they go to. I, I'm excited to see Oak Hill because they I think they revamped it a little bit. It and, hasn't been there since in 2013 when Duff won it. And I'm gonna agree, Masters. I mean, PGA I think has gotten better. I, I actually gotten, I think that they moved it to May at first. I didn't really like it, but I, like I kind of better. I kind of like it. I think it falls better for it because it was a little bit. Of, of an afterthought after the British or the Open, as you want to call it. So, um, speaking of which, the number two seed U.S. Open against the number three seed, the Open. I'm going with the Open. So you like the Open better? I like the I, I like the I US like the Open U.S. Better. Open better. Um, but the AKA British Open is is pretty fun to watch. Um, just something about you know a early July weekend, and you can watch the golf in the morning, and you can go play in the afternoon. Um, you know, love the Rota, of course, is there. But, I don't know, something about the U.S. Open is just probably because Ryan was held off on being induced because I was watching Payne Stewart and Phil Mickelson duel down at Pinehurst. Um, you know, it's Father's Day weekend, so there's something special about that. So, all right, so we both have the Masters advancing. Ryan, you have Masters against the Open. Uh, Masters. And I've got the U.S. Open against the Masters. Um, boy. That's a tough one because there's something about the Masters being the first tournament or the first major and Jim Nance and this course just looks special. But I'm going to go with a little upset here. I'm going to go U.S. Open for the reasons that I said. L.A. Country Club um, in, in, um, in June. June, that's going to be a, 
sight to see. All right, now we're in the college uh, sporting events bracket. Number one seed, I think I, I don't even have to do this bracket probably, but number one seed, March Madness against number four seed, College World Series. Yeah, March Madness. <laughs> I had to come up I with something. I don't think I've ever watched the College World Series. Um, number two seed, CFP title game versus number three seed, bowl games. I like bowl games. There's way more of them. I mean, the CFPs, it's usually always the same team, so... Yeah, I agree. I think talk to me when the CFP expands uh, in a couple of years to 12, then I think that's going to probably make bowls pretty obsolete. I do still think there's way the frick too many bowls, but I'm going to go bowl games as well. March Madness against bowl games. The madness. No kidding. No, There's no doubt on earth that it's the, the madness. All right. Now we're going to more worldly sports bracket. Number one, Summer Olympics against number four, the World Baseball Championships. Olympics. The number one seeds are prevailing here. Yes, Summer Olympics for sure. Specifically in the Summer Olympics, swimming I like to watch. Yes, yeah, swimming's track fun. Track's too. fun. Um, not the basketball anymore. It's stupid. No, when it was uh, true amateurs, it was cool. But. Rowing, diving. Right. Number two seed, World Cup against the number three seed, Winter Olympics. Uh, World Cup. I actually do not mind the World Cup. Yeah, I would agree with that. I kind of we, we were down in Florida during the World Cup this year in Qatar, it was and that wild. Was, it was pretty crazy. We were watching. I don't even know who those guys were rooting for, but that was pretty, pretty crazy watching them root. All right, so some we both have Summer Olympics against World Cup. Uh, Olympics. And I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Summer Olympics. I mean, I think think back to like the days of Michael Phelps and the swimming. It was just so exciting to watch and. That, that was just, it was fun. And track and field, even before that, was always really fun to watch. So I'm going to go with the Olympics as well. So number one seed's holding for you, Ryan, and I got uh, two ones and a two. Um, last one is pro sports playoffs. NFL playoffs slash Super Bowl against the NBA playoffs uh, slash championship I series. I don't give a crap about the NBA. Number two seed, Major League Baseball playoffs and World Series against number three seed, NHL, NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup. NHL. Yep, I'm going to agree with that. Football and hockey, um, the three seed, one and three seed advance for us. Ryan, who do you got, Ryan? Uh, football NFL. or hockey? NFL. So number one Shockey. seeds prevail for you. I'll say NFL too, um, although NHL really, especially if the Red Wings are good, that'll be the caveat. If the Red Wings were at their peak again and they were competing to win, I'm telling you, there's nothing like Stanley Cup hockey. All right, moving on to the final four. We've got, you've got Masters against March Madness. Ah, uh, March Madness. And then you got the Summer Olympics against the NFL slash Super Bowl. Uh, NFL playoffs. And I've got U.S. Open against March Madness, March Madness. And Summer Olympics versus Super Bowl, and I'm NFL Super Bowl. I'm going to go Super Bowl. So we both have the same final, March Madness March versus Madness. Super Bowl. And it's not even close. No surprise. March Madness. So if you got an idea for a bracket contest, I'm cooking up some. If you got a Mount Rushmore you want us to cover, a Canadian Mount Rushmore in addition to mailbag, send us questions. It doesn't matter if they're long-winded answer questions or funny ones or whatever. Um, and nothing is off limits. The the brackets don't have to be sports. We've done candy. We've done we've done a lot of different things. We'll probably bring up some things that we did in the past just because it's hard to come up with new content all the time, but. So that's the bracket. That is the second shot of the par three. And before we putt for par, a quick word from our presenting sponsor. Team Andrews Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. 
The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Golf. All right, Masters. Ryan, take us into golf. Masters recap. Um, wild week uh, in Augusta. Beautiful, warm on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Guys went low. We had three guys at seven under um, and other guys chasing right in there. Then Friday morning, pretty good weather. Kepka goes out, shoots five under without a bogey. Um, and then the afternoon Posts comes. what ends up being the winning score after right. round two. It gets really windy. Um, start storming, raining, um, trees fall down, suspend play for the rest of the day, Saturday, um, play a little bit, um, and then they suspend play in the afternoon. Um, Brutal, like 48 degrees in Georgia. It was warmer here. Ryan and I played here. It was 60 and sunny in Michigan. And it was like 48 and high winds and extreme heavy rains, and the course just finally couldn't keep up on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then finished the third round up yesterday morning. Started on seven, uh, so Kepka had a four shot lead. I think it was thirteen to nine. And then Kepka bogeyed seven, Rom birdie. And then from there on out, it just was an avalanche mm-hmm. um, for Rom, who went on to win by four strokes, um, twelve under par. Hell of a par, on masterful. Yeah, the guy's he's a stud. I mean, he doesn't really have any kinks in his game. He can hit the ball far off the tee. He's pretty recovery accurate. Game is great. Um, great recovery game. Great putter. Um, he's yeah, he's pretty unflappable. Um, impressive win by him. Kepka, I was surprised with him. I did not think he could compete. Get second. He had a real chance at winning it, just because of the live thing. You know, you got to play 50, you got to play seventy two, not fifty four here, Brooksy. I will say this: he was better though. I give him credit for not wearing. Whatever his stupid team logo is for Liv, he was the one he player that said that who stuff. said screw you to that. I think he wants to get back in the PGA. He was made to be look like, and he did. I mean, he did it himself, but he yeah. kind of came across as an ass in the Netflix series. And I think that he realized, you know, when he left, he was hurt. He was damaged goods. You know, the torn up knee, the busted up kneecap. Didn't know what he had left in it. Clearly, he's got something left in the tank. I I I enjoy watching him play. I don't mind. Yeah, he's fun to I don't watch. mind him. I'm glad he didn't win because I didn't want the live to win. But hey, I mean, the live finished tied for second, including a 52 year old Phil who yeah, what the used hell? to be one of my favorites, and I would have loved to have been he's rooting for him. But I just can't because of all the stuff that he did. But I mean, he acquitted himself well there, so you know who knows. I, I don't think that that stuff, you know, makes the live tour. Less despised by anybody. Um, I don't think it proved that those guys can. Uh, yeah, they can still play and they can still compete for sure. The, but the real test will be, you know, PGA US Open. Yeah, US Open especially. It. You know, I mean, those the Masters you can at least kind of prepare for. And some guys that are just they play that course Phil's as well. Like well Phil, there. he's he's won it three times. Like he understands how to play there. Um, and that you know, and he's played. To be honest with you, he's been awful since he's on the live tour. I don't. Think he, he said has. his shot's been great, but he hasn't scored. He well. I don't buy he's that. Broke, he hasn't broken seventy in like six yeah. months. And and uh, Brooks golf. came in hot. You know, he won the whatever Orlando tournament. Yeah, he played well. Called it. He How did. about the the CW pot shot that Jim yeah, Nance took? That guy. was hilarious. I wish I could find the quote. Yeah, he said something about he like refer- going he meant- across the CW. Or something like that. Where a few Live people, going where across a few people have been, or something like that. He made some some cool. comment, and then and then he quickly said, 
CW meaning crosswalk, but he never once in his career right. referred to CW the crosswalk as CW. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. full of pot shot, which was kind of funny. I'm pissed that Patrick Reed finished top five. I hate that. Bad. Yeah, that's another guy though. He has an eye for the court. I think guys either like Freddie. I mean, oldest guy to ever make the cut. Sixty three. You know, half. Tiger. I, this is a debate that we could have at some point in time. Does, does Tiger up. just need to hang, hang it up? I mean, up. I, I, I love it's not even worth it. I love what he's done for golf. I did not like him at his prime, to be honest, because I thought he was he was too cocky for me. Um, I think he got a little dose of humility. He changed the, the game, right? thing, but he did. He changed the game, and he made it, and he still makes it exciting to watch. But like, we he's, spend an inordinate amount of time on camera with him, and the dude can barely walk. Oh, I, God. I get it. Like, I have a coworker who walked. Thursday, he was at the Masters, and he said he walked 10 miles, and it was the hilliest walk he's ever made, and he was like, then he walked 18 when he got back at Egypt Valley, which is really hilly, and he said he was dead. Like, it was really hard, so I can see that, but like, you can just look at Tiger's normal gait. That dude, his leg is hanging by a thread. Yeah, Um, I mean, if you saw the video of him on, it might have been 18 on Saturday, when he hit a shot, he just couldn't even move. And I mean, and then on top of it, it's so cold, because it was cold, like, yeah, we would kind of laugh and be like, oh, 40. But who the hell goes and plays golf when it's 48 degrees with it probably rain. feels like in the high 30s in a sideways rain? Not me. I mean, maybe if I already prepaid for a golf trip, I've done it once or twice when I was younger. But like, and then imagine your body, your back, your legs, it's all beat up. And you're going to, like, I almost think it would be better and Tiger would be better as an ambassador to the game to just be, like, be there, be present. Um, and be an ambassador and a supporter for the up and comers, but like I just don't, I don't see value in him playing anymore. To be honest, I know he's going to come back and try to qualify and break the streak twenty four years in a row at the Masters next year, but like he couldn't finish the PGA last year, couldn't finish the Masters this year. It's um, unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate because you know he is, he's you know nobody like him except for Jack Nicklaus, obviously, and but there's no way he's going to hit that record, and and that's okay. Like some records are not meant to be broken. And the 18 majors record is never going to be broken. He wants to get the 83. He, yeah, it breaks Samson's record. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. I, I don't. Unless, unless he goes and wins like the Shriners or something like that. Unless he takes like two years off and yeah, like, does nothing but rehab and gets his body ready. Yeah, I which just still, he's just never going to be 100% ever yeah. again. I mean, his leg is... I mean, he might he over. might be able to compete ish on the Champions Tour, but even not that. I will say this. If he plays it, ends up playing at Oak Hill... I do think he can do compete a little bit. That's not as hilly, um, like Southern Hills last year with Drew. That's a damn hilly golf uh-huh. course. That's in the southern. I mean, the in the Midwest, the hills of Oklahoma. Yeah. No way at LACC. No way. That's uh-huh. have you seen that course? It's in the mountains. He could play like an open type of course because those are pretty flat. Obviously right. The it's, it's, courses. it's in the mountain. I mean, you he had the shot. I think it. it I don't remember if it was on. Thursday, I think it must have been Thursday. He had a shot in eighteen. He was his bad leg, and I don't maybe it's I don't know, but one of his legs was in the bunker. One was out of the bunker, and he hit his shot. And I thought he was going to like tear everything in his legs when he was hitting the shot because it was not stable and he was going to fall and hurt himself. Uh, this is it's unfortunate, but one thing that came up I saw a lot too. I'm going to get golf and golf digest emails every day. Um, was People were pretty PO'd on Saturday with the coverage, you know, because of the way the rounds were ending and all that kind of stuff from Friday suspended play. 
And they just, and this even happened Friday, like forever in the morning on Friday when the weather was good, they had like fireside chat while it's like live at the Masters on the Golf Channel. And I, I get there's, you know, TV contracts or whatever, but like show people what they want to see. They want to see golf. I'm, I like Brandel Chambly and I like those guys on the Golf Channel, but I don't need to sit there and listen to them talk during the play that's going on. Like I... CBS finally kind of fixed it on Saturday, Sunday, and then they and they did it right, so people got to watch it because that's the meaningful part is watching it. But yeah. um, kudos to the ground screw. I mean, that course is immaculate all the time anyway. But about the only thing that wasn't spot on on Sunday was the azaleas went bye bye because of all the rain and the cold. They can only control that so much with all their behind the scenes stuff. But um, Super interesting tournament to watch. Super interesting. Uh, you know, it was close, even though Rom kind of ran away with it. Um, you know, his last hole said it all. He, he climbed some trees and came out, like, barely to the ladies' tees, and he still makes a par. Like, that's the kind of player he is. You know, pretty emotional on the last, after he made the putt, like, he came pretty close to breaking down and, you know, sharing it with his wife and his little guys and Jose Maria. I lost my ball. Um, that was Cool, it was pretty touching moment. Sixth birthday yesterday too. Yeah, glad to see Sergio nowhere in the mix, Spaniard or not. I was glad to. Cut. I was glad to not see him. A lot of the live guys, live guys didn't make the cut, so that was good. How did we do on our foursome? Um, I got fiftieth combined. You had forty seventh, so we both did pretty good. I mean, Spieth, um take away those damn double bogey. I mean, he's right in there. If he did yeah. a few stupid usual Spieth blow ups and cut those down he's right there um hovland he played pretty decent young he had a nice week thagala impressed with him i think he's gonna win something here sooner rather than later scheffler led the the um field in strokes gain t to green and then he's usually the best putter on tour he was the worst in the field um strokes gain putting which is ridiculous for him um i thought that he would get that if he got that flat stick how he could have potentially won this tournament, and he, he just couldn't do it. Woodland, he outperformed. He played pretty well. Um, we talked about Cantlay and his slow plays. Ridiculous. Victor Hovland was complaining about it, being way up ahead of him. You see the videos. Um, Ducky, not a bad showing. Finau, okay. Um, it was impressive to see. Um, uh, Freddie out there he, making the cut. Um, and then it's hilarious. DeChambeau missing the cut. He, Idiot, Mr. Par sixty-seven. Par sixty-seven. That means he went uh, fourteen over in two days. Whoops, idiot! I hate him. Rory missing the cut was interesting, and didn't is not playing in the RBC, so no, I don't know what's going on there. I don't, I don't understand that. Which brings us to we might as well talk RBC elevated event now. Look for um, Uncle Wayne on the thirteenth hole. hole. One of the hardest golf holes I've ever played. Straightforward. But this green is the size of a penny, and it's got the railroad tie around the whole thing. So if you miss the green, you're screwed. I remember I was playing around in the sand trap next to it. I hit it up and then roll off the other side. It's just like, oh, gosh, so that's a tough hole. Yeah. But awesome yeah. golf course. Uncle Wayne Excited in to see the gallery, TV. the 13 gallery team. So he's yep. in the gallery or in the tee box or in the green. I, I always forget. Um, I was looking at the holes from that earlier, the par 3 it's on the back end. I think it's, it's either 14 or... I think it's 14. I got the card over here. I think it's 14, par 3, and it's 
kind of a half island green, and there's water down the whole right side. That is a terrifying golf shot. It's like 195. I think it's 14. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Par uh, 3 on the back nine. Not not obviously 17. 14, yeah. Like 165 from the Blues. Golf course. 13 is 3. Well, they'll play 373, but let's see. Oh, there's no map on here, but let's see. How do we do on 13? Um, I I took an 8. No, no. I took a 5. Ryan took an 8 on 13. And on 14, Ryan took a 5. I took a 3. I had a five, oh, I remember. We both shot 101 that day. <laughs> a $450, 101 Well, you got our money's worth for shots, I guess. Could be fun. Tournament, though, it's elevated, like I said. Lots of big names playing in it. So, um, and I looked at the weather. It looks like it's going to be really good. Um, I've got uh, two guys I picked last year. I picked Lowry. He finished top five. I'm picking him again. Um, he's He does well there. Then I know you're picking this guy as well. Sahith the Gala, I think he's due. Mm, yeah, really, he played pretty well at the I Masters. I really believe he's due. We didn't talk about the amateur. How did he end up at the Masters? I think he ended up two or three under, let's see. Pretty dang good, though. He yeah, was right up he there. was awesome. Um, Great story. T- for two under, tied for 16th. Nice. And for uh, RBC, I have Henley and Thagala. Henley had a, a couple moments. Yeah, he was playing too. really well yesterday. He's Shot been a there. solid 70. He's so. been in there in majors before. Georgia guy. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, RBC, it's always fun to watch a course that you've played. Yeah, um, cool. Kind of wonderful to see the big gator or not, the one that chases oh, down the deer. Yeah, I don't want to see that. It's scary. We'll be at their uh, sister, brother, neighbor course uh, next month, about a month, a little over a month. Looking forward to that. Uh, let's, do, to let's do a sprint to finish this thing out. Um, kind of piggybacking off of the Tiger Woods question. You think we will see Tiger play again this season? Uh, where is the Open? Uh, Burkdale, maybe. I I could see him playing in the Open. I think it's either there, or St. Jo- just Royal, because I think the course, the Royal, weather doesn't. Royal Liverpool. Okay, the the he's won there before. The weather isn't as conducive for him with his leg, but I think the flat nature, yeah, um, you know, it's dunesy or whatever. But he's it's won pretty there. flat. I I could that. see him playing Look one more time. Oh, it's gorgeous. Awesome. He's won there. I think he won there right after his dad passed away. If I'm not oh, mistaken. I think you're right. It was totally baked out, if I remember. Yeah. Um, you, so you say no? Or you I think he'll play in the open. I don't think he's going to. I think he's done for the season. Uh, Detroit sports question. Are the Pistons or the Tigers further away from being relevant? I, I, this is a hard question because oh, they are both just pure. Pistons have drafted decently lately, Not, I feel like. Kind of. I mean, the Tigers are just gut. They're both gutted. I mean, they're horrible. Oh, man. I I think it's easier to turn around in basketball, to be honest, because can, you can just get, like, one or two guys to go with, like, five or six role player type of guys, like if they were willing to spend in free agency. I think the Pistons are closer to. They do have some good young talent on that team between Ivy and I know Cunningham's been hurt this season, but like yeah, I think that surgery. they the Pistons have more promise. I mean, you can buy your way in in free agency, but like I don't know that the Tigers have the farm system. I think Avila yeah, just pretty- drove them into the ground. So unless they're going to moneyball it, I don't see the Tigers. I don't. I just don't see the Tigers being decent anytime soon, which is a shame because I'll pay zero attention to baseball unless they're decent. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't buy it. I don't think there'll be any. I have the Tigers. I think the Pistons get a few more guys, and they could be uh, in the East. A sucks. playoff team. They could yeah. be a borderline playoff team. NBA sucks. Um, it does. Do you think Kepka? We could. You talked about us a little bit. Do you think Kepka? If or and when will he come back to the uh, PGA Tour? I don't know what it's like to break his contract. I don't know yeah, if he gets a, if he gets it. a pipe bomb up his ass if he you know from the yeah, Saudis. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm sure there's some big penalty for bolting, but like dude, the guy's got more money than any of us in the world combined. I don't think money is an issue with him. I if he fares well in the PGA and the U.S. Open, two tournaments he's won twice. I think by the end of the season he kind of quietly comes back in the PGA Tour. I could see that. I, yeah, that's what I said. It's within the next year, I think he can do it. Last one, fun one, dream car. Money is not a, an issue. You can pick whatever car you want. Pinto. What the hell is that? <laughs> uh, El Camino. Man, I'm not really a car say guy. Oscar Mayer Wiener car. <laughs> Wiener Mobile. I'm not really, I mean, I don't know my cars that well. Boy, I mean, I guess like when I was a kid, you know, I wanted like a Lotus Esprit or a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. I don't know, I'm getting too old to get down to those low ass cars. So, I, man, I don't know. Uh, you go first and maybe I'll. I want a, a, a matte black two door Bronco. Okay, I could, yeah, like with a soft top, I could, yeah, something like that I think would be pretty bad. Like, I, I think I would go for something a little bit more rugged like that. I'll tell you, I mean,. Yeah, I'll take the top, top, top of the line F-150 loaded out with leather seats, platinum, matte, like a matte gray or a matte black finish. Um, I'm all right with that. Like, I don't need a sporty car. Like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, KC lights on it. (laughs) I I like my truck, so I I probably, you know, when I was younger, I would have gone fast car, but I know better than that now, so I'm going to go uh, shimmy out F-150. Sporty looking truck is pretty good look. All right, that's uh, 119, like you said. Um, let us know if you want us to do a certain bracket, uh, mailbag questions, Mount Rushmore, you name it, we can do it because we're going to you know, have a lot to talk about because um, we don't really give a crap about the NBA. Maybe we'll talk a little NHL playoffs. That season's almost done. MLB is a waste of time, and we got golf. Um, so, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Pound the like button. Leave us a comment uh, on Apple Pods if you're listening um, on there. Um, yeah, appreciate you guys. Couldn't do it without you. All right, we're going to throw a little quote at you here at, to end the pod as we always do. This one, apropos to the golf that was played this weekend and by the champion golfer of the Masters, but also, I think, towards life in general. Meantime, as John Rahm said, if there's a word any golfer has to be, it's adaptable. You have to wake up and you have to deal with it. He, of course, is talking about the weather conditions. I look at that as you have to deal with whatever life throws you. We'll talk to you next week.